welcome back to the Unpack Podcast. We are starting our season three finale today. And the cool part of it is about this episode is that I'm going to be interviewing three people at once. You heard me right. The season three finale is a three for one. And in a past few episodes, I've talked with some people that I was able to meet uh, and hang out with during a year of service called City Year. Now, if you're not familiar with City Year, I encourage you to go back, freeze, pause, and listen to a few of those episodes. But also, if you don't have time for that, I get it. So City Year was a nonprofit organization, a year of service uh, that my wife and I did in the state of New Hampshire. City Year exists in 29 different sites all across the United States. And the really cool thing about it is people give up their time a whole year to commit to serving a community. I was able to be in a seventh grade classroom and I had an amazing time supported by uh, amazing teachers and really, really cool students. But a part of that experience is also the people who you work alongside with. And the three people who we're going to hear from today, Abby, Eleanor, and Kaylee, were on my school team. And the the really, really cool thing is that they were brave enough to go ahead and sign up for a second year of service. So they're finishing up now and they're going to share a little bit about what year two looks like and some of their wisdom that they learned from year one. So without further ado, here's the season three finale. Hey everyone, welcome to the Unpack podcast here with three amazing people. Uh, Abby, Eleanor, and Kaylee have so graciously decided to put their names out there, put their faces out there potentially, uh, and be on the podcast here. Um, So without further ado, I just want to get right into it because we've got a lot of ground to cover and a lot of amazing stories to hear along the way. So what made you guys want to do City Year? Um, I think for me, I wanted to do city year because one, it was in my backyard, so I wouldn't have to go far to do it. And I just really liked the idea of helping kids out in their academics, especially because I wasn't able to have that support growing up. Um, I came to city year because I was getting my master's in social work and knew I wanted to be in a school district. Um, but I had recently traveled abroad and had the travel bug. Um, didn't want to be in Michigan anymore. Chose New Hampshire. Why? Don't really know, but I am here for a second year. So obviously it worked out. Um, I chose to come to city year, um, Honestly, because I had graduated college in December of 2019, right before the pandemic, and got a job, lost a job, and needed something to do. And I had always liked working with kids. I'm the oldest of four. I was a camp counselor. Um, But I didn't really think I wanted to teach, but (laughs) I knew I needed to do something. My lease was ending, and um, my backgrounds like liberal arts um so I was just kind of unsure of what I wanted to do and I was really interested in the aspect of city year where we do learning and development to kind of figure out what it is that the next step is going to be um so I'd never been to New Hampshire before but um 
yeah, summer of 2020, decided to pack up and come see what it was all about. Awesome. Yeah, stepping out in the midst of the pandemic is one thing, but I think it's super cool how everyone kind of has their own experience and hearing about it in all sorts of different ways. And there's all these different locations that you could go to and try, but for some reason, we all decided we want to go to New Hampshire. So there's that aspect. Then the other aspect is then we all kind of have this shared experience together. So knowing that we all had this shared experience, I did not go back for a second year. What made you three want to say, yeah, I'll do this again and get paid some lint out of your pocket to do so? Um, I know for me coming back to city year was so back and forth. I probably had so many meetings with our, I am Kim about it. And like, every time I changed my mind, I was like, yeah, I want to come back and be a service leader or no Kim. Like I actually want to make real money and like have a job and move and all this stuff. But I think at the end of the day, what made me come back was, Sidir is really good about teaching you how to be a leader and to know that there are different types of leaders and it's okay to not be the loudest person in the room and not really be that stereotypical leader that you see on TV that's like super bubbly and outgoing and is like the star of the show, which was not who I was at the time. So I think just kind of noticing that gave me the confidence to want to come back I also just felt like I was ready to be in a leadership role. I had never done that before, but I just kind of felt like my time was now. But I also just really liked what we were doing. I really liked the kids. I really kind of wanted to see if I could get that full city year experience since our year was really wacky with COVID and hybrid and online learning. Um, so it was just a lot of different things that made me want to come back. Yeah, Kaylee, kind of like you, um, leadership aspect. Um, I'm very much good at sitting in the background. And last year, since we're all on the same team, there's like 18 of us. It's really easy just to like hang out and do my own thing. Um, so I wanted to push myself to see if I could step up and um, help other people through the journey and kind of push city year to do some of the things that I wanted them to do. Um, so like more of like the SEL, social emotional learning aspects of being in a school. Um, and then sounds dorky, but the kids, um, there's something really nice about being around the kids and, you know, definitely comes and goes. I get bullied a lot by children. Um, yeah, for the kids. Um, but that was like another major reason why I came back to city or their little smiling faces. Yeah, Abby, I definitely agree with you that the students um, we work with played a major piece in my decision to come back to City Year. Um, I, through my experience last year, um, saw that teaching could be what I want to do. And I go back and forth on it, especially because um, this year has been <laughs> uh, just such a trip for everyone in education um but I really wanted 
um, again, with all of the hybrid and back and forth of 2020, 2021, I wanted a more, uh, quote unquote, normal school experience and more uh, time in the classroom, um, especially to develop creative lesson plans and um, cool sessions, like bringing the really fun parts of learning to our students is something I'm really passionate about. Um, and yeah, I just kind of had this feeling that I wasn't quite done here in Manchester. Um, and an added, I think an, a, a huge piece of my experience this year has turned out to be the leadership part, um, getting to guide my team and guide my ACMs, but um, I didn't really know that that was gonna be such an impactful part of this year. I really came back for uh, the education for the students. So I hear leadership, 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 which is interesting. Um, what would you guys say are some probably logistical responsibilities that you have as that second year AmeriCorps member in in your teams? Um, I would definitely say communication has been such a huge part of being a service leader. Um, communication with your team about what they need to do, communication between your team and the IM, communication between staff and the IM and the team. It's like, I don't know, Abby could probably add more to it, but I just feel like that's like the biggest part of being a service leader this year. Um, I like to joke around and say that I'm the emotional support animal for our, um, <laughs> our team. So I think a lot of it is teaching the, or the first years, how it's like supposed to kind of look, um, which is hard because it looks different for everyone, but kind of being there to be like, Hey, like this is normal. Like these things that you're dealing with, with the kids and the relationships and the ups and downs, this happened last year and we know that it kind of stinks. It's hard to go through, but having that person who's already been through it to kind of guide the way when it gets harder, I think is like logistically what I do most because um, I'm also bad at organization and keeping on top of things. So that's a little bit easier for me as well. Um, I feel like my my ACMs are all fully grown adults and very capable people, but it's a similar relationship to that of um, our students, especially towards the beginning of the year, in that when you're with your students, you're in class, you're doing lunch, whatever it is, you're kind of on and you're, you know that they're looking to you. Then to like have that experience with, a group of full adults, um, but first year AmeriCorps members, it's like, oh my goodness, these people, they're looking to me, they're watching me, they're paying attention to everything I say and how I carry myself and what I do or don't say or do or don't express. And not in like any sort of uh, dishonest way or not genuine way, but I've had to learn to be a lot more 
careful in just how I carry myself and especially in um like especially when the when the core first rocks up in August how the SLs act and how they interact and how they treat the new ACMs like that is the there in that sets up the whole experience um for the core and like the foundation of the city or service model is the core um and especially when situations arise within the core um like they they want information they want to know what's going on they want to be treated like adults and we're especially since we're not staff members we're kind of like in this in between of of bonding with these people and like being friendly but also not venting to them in the way that you would vent to a friend because like you're there to guide them like it's just a very um different sort of position to be in and I would say logistically the stuff that I've been up to is uh like keeping track of all of our announcements and um setting up calendar systems and how we kind of do team meetings and especially with in my team in particular like how we navigate challenges and bringing in other staff members for support like gathering their voices kind of filtering out okay what is kind of like the vent to a friend and like what is the tangible ask that needs to be made in order to best support them and then working with them to figure out okay who do we go to for this to be most effective how are we going to go about figuring this out in a way that makes sense in a way that like still respects all of the different stakeholders involved mm-hmm. um it's just a lot of it's a lot yeah going back and forth and i i like the idea of like a bridge kind of you have your first year core members on one side the staff on the other side but then you have this really unique position of the second year members who are coming back to kind of yeah overly communicate in a way that makes sense to everybody but you know without having that experience of being there and then being reliable and kind of like Eleanor saying going like back and forth um and Abby I want to kind of go back to something you said you had hinted on like oh they haven't had this experience before and there's someone to relate to which I find really interesting because knowing the experience I had and the experience that we all shared together and then kind of having that conversation now of hearing what you guys are doing, it is really different. So in a way you have their experience, but you don't. Could you guys kind of try and compare and contrast maybe what school looked like in year one and what you guys are able to do like after school and with in person with learning and things like that versus year two? Whoever feels bold. I always feel bold, Micah. (laughs) Um, First thing, obviously, is last year we were in this weird mess of being completely remote, going hybrid, going remote again, 
than being all in person for kids who felt comfortable. Um, so that was like a lot of, honestly, last year I didn't think I could do it. Like building relationships with kids over Zoom was so scary to me. Yeah, I like, I worked myself up so much before going in for the first time for city year last year and just being like, this isn't gonna work. The kids aren't gonna come to anything I want them to do. Lunch groups is just not gonna happen. Um, and it did. And I have lots of my kids from last year too. And the relationship was really easy to continue this year. Um, but it's definitely being in person, you're there, you see them more, you're able to keep track of them a little bit more too. Um, like on the computer, they could just come on, walk away from their screen at school. It's not something you can do anymore. And I feel like behavior wise too that's really obvious with our kids with like self-regulating things you could just walk away from your computer like the teacher said something you are nervous you're worried you can walk away and go do something and now you're stuck in school you can't leave um so I think that's one of the biggest things at least for me this year is watching the kids work through that and the adults work through that too like we're all struggling because we've been virtual and just coming to terms with that in the school building is a lot different. I feel like I blacked out during your question. Are we talking about comparisons from last year to this year? Yes. Okay. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree with Abby. It's definitely, <clears throat> you can definitely hold the kids to be more accountable for their actions and how they act in school because they are in person unless they don't show up. Um, but it's been really amazing to be able to like actually bond with almost everyone. Like even the kids you might not have classes with, like you still have an opportunity to see their faces and to say hi to them. Um, and that's been super great. And that's not really something you got last year, especially because not everyone came in. Um, but also like you can build better relationships with your partner teachers. Like I was really lucky last year to have amazing partner teachers and we built a good connection online. Um, but this year with the relationships that I've had and some of the conflict, I guess, um, it definitely wouldn't have been resolved online as it would have been in person. Um, so it's kind of like, it's easier to confront things and it's easier to work through things in person, at least for me, rather than online, because you can avoid stuff so easily. Um, but it's also just nice to like be in person and interact with people. Like it is such a joy to like, see our coworkers. Like I feel like a team of 18 last year being online. Like I didn't really speak to anyone like Abby don't know her Eleanor. I've seen her around. Um, but this year, um, you know, like you see everyone every single day and I feel like that's kind of made the team bond a lot quicker and a lot more easily than building those relationships online. Yeah, it's definitely been different. I think um, also for context last year, we were all at a middle school and there's 18 of us. And this year I'm serving at an elementary school and I'm one of six. 
so just like from a numbers perspective it's it's a lot different to be one of 18 doing a job that literally no one had ever done before um in this new place with everyone else is new um to now having five people look to you but you don't actually know what to do because you were in elementary school last year and you were in person all year and another fun little twist is that my partner teacher was on maternity leave at the beginning of the year so we had this random sub for like the first month five weeks of school and my ACMs are looking to me like how do we do this and I'm like I don't know (laughs) good question it's a really good question um so it's definitely been different and I will say one of the interesting things has been um this year our hours are longer because of the America America requirements um and but I found that I had more time last year to do like those really creative and fun things and virtual or hybrid kind of provided um, a degree of flexibility in terms of clubs and lunch groups and cool sessions where you would think that like oh like there's more time to like get stuff done I've kind of found it to be the opposite um in a lot of respects but I will say that um we do after school um and um even though our entire team is in uh fourth grade classrooms after school is with kids in the whole elementary school and it's been so fun to get to honestly like just play um and that's been a really it's a really important um skill for students that um kind of gets like looked over in terms of the impacts of the pandemic like just literally learning how to play on a playground and not have it divulge into tears is so important and kind of incorporating that fun and goofiness throughout the year has been easier um being consistently in person have any of you felt like either yourself or the kids that you've had to like relearn how to interact with other human beings in a way that is appropriate. Yeah. I'm seeing some head nods. Definitely. Yeah. I think even yeah, myself and my work, it's like, uh, it could be, it's so easy to just be able to turn off the camera and mute yourself. But then when you're in with a real person, you're like, Oh, I have to bite my tongue or not speak or, you know, take a deep breath. Um, cool. Other than the super long laundry list of things, you guys have this really unique situation of being able to work with how Kaylee has mentioned with their partner teachers. So in your classrooms, helping out, what kind of challenges do teachers face in 2022? Um, I noticed a challenge that some teachers I've worked with face in 2022 is not really understanding the times and understanding like who these kids are nowadays. Like a lot of kids are like 
rediscovering themselves in ways that like kids in the past haven't been able to with their pronouns, their gender, their identity. And a lot of my teachers struggle with that, whether it's like on purpose or like, it's just a force of habit. Like, I don't know, but I notice like for all my students who use they, them pronouns, my teachers will like misgender them all the time. And it's kind of hard because then it's like a lot of these kids don't necessarily stick up for themselves. And like, as is like, usually like I'm the one who always has to be like, no, like they use they, them, or, you know, like they want to go by this name or like, you know, like it's okay if they go by that name, but like, it's just kind of off-putting sometimes to hear those comments from teachers. Um, And that's kind of like one of the biggest things that I've noticed, but also I think just like you can see that there's a shift in generations and how things were when they were a kid versus like how things are now. Like these kids literally went through a pandemic and lost a bunch of social skills and academic skills too, that they should already know by now. And I feel like patience was given to them at the start back in 2020, but now like teachers are kind of expecting that pace again and expecting kids to kind of pick up where they should, like how seven, well, for example, like I help out in the seventh grade, how seventh graders should behave in like things that they should know. And that's a struggle because you still got to give these kids that patience and you still got to go over some things with these kids because they just don't know and it's not their fault. But I think a lot of teachers are just growing impatient with that. Yeah, Kaylee, I see that a lot um, in sixth grade too. Um, actually, with since we've been out of school, or it hasn't been normal for like what, like three years, right? Think about three years. Um, but the the expectations from like the state and everything are still the same as before. And with the kids not being in school, not being around those peers, like it's hard to relearn expectations. And when you're thrown in right away without time to hit on those expectations the way you should and start getting them to learn right away, um, you definitely see that it's hard to control the classroom behavior, especially. Um, You see a lot of teachers quitting. Um, There's a shortage of teachers, substitutes, you know, they're not able to take time off for themselves. And that's definitely seen through the interactions, you know, like sometimes it comes out in like yelling or like just having short fuses with the kids and um and that just plays an inconsistent expectation as well so the kids are kind of stuck in that limbo of like oh my gosh what do I expect today um and middle school is a lovely time in everyone's lives where (laughs) you're really like learning about yourself and what you want and the boundary pushing like that is typical of a middle schooler you know you're learning things about yourself you're going to see what you want to do who you want to be around and it's just going to push 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 and it's normal but everyone's just so stressed and no one has the time to really be like hey let's talk through this so it's just kind of like that like snowball effect in the schoolhouse Yeah, I definitely agree that it's a snowball effect. And um, Abby, you were touching on like the the pressure from the state. Like it really kind of goes 
up the um, behaviors that we're seeing in the classroom with the uh, teachers don't have a lot of patience left because there's so much pressure being put on them by admin, by districts, by education departments, like all the way up. Um, and even like this year, we have like a new reading science curriculum and there's math curriculum requirements and the, the kids are getting tested so freaking much. Um, and they're getting thrown on the Chromebooks for like whatever the new thing is. So it's just like we're asking so much of teachers, right, where they're um, like mental health professionals and like social workers, like catching stuff, picking up on things, referring students, they're teaching new things because it's a new curriculum that has to be taught for X amount of minutes per day, like it, it, there's just so much is being asked of teachers with such little wiggle room that like of course they're stressed and of course they're burnt out and they all have you know families of their own and then you throw in a class of like a small class of like 20 <laughs> screaming children who don't know how to be in school anymore um it's just a lot and then it's also kind of like COVID has really exposed like is what is how a fourth grader quote-unquote should act is that expectation reasonable should we have them sitting at their desk all morning with without wiggle room without different options for them to sit with like these really bright fluorescent lights like is this how we should be setting them up to do their best learning? And in such a tightly structured environment, there isn't really room to explore those kinds of questions and kind of think about like, okay, like we've just gone through this huge event that is, is still happening, still very much happening, um, where hundreds of thousands of people have died. Like, the world is different now do we need to be doing education the way we used to like is this what is best um and in a lot of ways like no what we're doing is not what's best but when the state needs certain data for whatever test it is what choice do you have but to say okay I'm so sorry we're we're testing again um yeah I think there's kind of a lot of societal pressure being placed on teachers and for so long like teachers have kind of been able to hold it together and this year it's kind of like at this point where there's only so much individual people can do in the face of systemic issues but at the same time like um, the the work that people are doing on an individual level is making an impact and is helping people out. So it's kind of like this balance of 
all the forces that play into our day-to-day life at school. Yeah, I I love all your guys' challenges and experiences. And there's a reason why teachers get all summer off and I, they need two months just to decompress and then the one month to get mentally prepared to go back for the year, definitely. Um, I Obviously, all those things are going to compound on each other and then they're going to impact you guys as well because you're trying to be kind of be that buffer or support for the students, but also for the other core members, the first year members, and then sharing this information with the staff of City Year. And, you know, we're seeing staff changes all across, you know, the, the United States nonprofit, especially. Um, so I won't make you guys get on your soapboxes and explain all the challenges that you've experienced. But what, what I will say is that we'll acknowledge them. And I'm sure that it has not been all sunshine and rainbows. One thing I do want to ask is maybe what is a lesson that you guys have learned either about yourselves or about other people? Maybe it's recent or is from year one, but take a second and what what's a lesson that you've learned about yourself um, through this experience? Um, I think a really big, uh, I guess, thing that I've seen within people, our team members and myself is how resilient we are. Like, we actually went through resiliency trainings and Abby and I would just goof off during them. I don't know if I should expose this like that, but it's true. Um, but honestly, like, we are really resilient in this job. Like, I've cried like not gonna lie like I've cried in the middle of the day I've I sat in my classroom on Friday and just cried because it's been unbelievably tough and I've seen my team members cry and I've seen us at our lowest but we still show up for work every day and we still show up for each other and we still show up for our partner teachers and our kids and you know like our teachers do the same and like our students do the same too and it's like gosh, like, how do we do it? It's so crazy because, like, it's just so hard. And I really think it's amazing what people can go through. And, you know, when you care so much about something like the pain that you're willing to endure to see it through and, like, the stress. And I definitely learned that taking time for yourself is really important especially when you have longer hours and you don't always have time for the things that you're used to having time for. Like last year was so amazing getting out early and having time to like spend time with friends or like get in a decent workout and make a decent meal for yourself. And this year it's kind of relearning how to schedule time for yourself. And I think something that everyone's learning too, but I definitely think resiliency is the biggest takeaway from this year. Yeah, Kaylee, kind of going off of that, I think like a lesson that I'm still learning and still like kind of trying to drill into my head is that my anxiety or like the feeling of like the imposter syndrome isn't true 
and that like, I can be vulnerable with myself and the people around me. So like our team, my teachers and my kids and still make that impact. That doesn't make me less of a city or a social worker or a person. Um, especially because I always have that like weird parallel of, I do a lot of social emotional learning with my kids because that's what I want to do. So we sit there and talk about like depression and anxiety and we're like, learning how to deal with this stuff as I'm over here floundering with my own mental health. Um, And it's like that weird thing where it's like, I'm telling these kids, like, you can do it. Like, these are the things that you should like try out. And I'm at home, like, get out of work at five. I lay in bed and watch TikTok until I go to bed at eight. Um, So like learning how to be vulnerable with myself, give myself grace and know that like the things I'm feeling are valid and it doesn't define me as a person. I just have to keep pushing through because that's what I tell my kids. And I know that to be a fact, but just being nice to myself about it is like the lesson I am still on right now and it's getting better, but I am still going to have to work on it. Yeah, I've definitely learned a lot I would say um especially kind of given the timing of this experience in terms of the pandemic but also in terms of my own life and uh development I guess um it's hard (laughs) I can't just pick one lesson obviously um I would say professionally, the biggest thing has been um, learning that I can, I can do it. I'm a professional boss girl. I (laughs) can send an email. I can show up. I can get things organized. um, And I can lead people I love working with people and especially getting to do one-on-ones with my ACMs and circle back to things that they've talked about previously and coach them through situations with um, their teachers or with other ACMs or with the city or staff or whoever it is, Um, getting to be that trusted person that kind of like reflects back what the potential that I can see in them um, has been really cool. And um, yeah, if I keep talking, I'll just ramble. So, Thanks guys. Those were, those were awesome. I was like, yeah, you guys are amazing. That's really cool. Um, so I'm going to go all Kim on you guys and say, what are your Lacey plans? But I won't say that exactly. So Lacey is an abbreviation for life after city year. How would you guys say city year has affected what you want to do after? Um, so I know for me, when I first entered city year, I thought I was going to <laughs> Sounds so stupid saying it out loud, but not really. I thought I was going to do a year of service, 
pass the GRE, pack up my bags, move to Washington, D.C., attend George Washington University, and get my master's in forensic psychology. Nope, <laughs> that's like not even close to what I'm doing now. Um, City Year has shown me how much I love to work in an education system, and without it, I never would have realized how much I wanted to be a guidance counselor. I remember I said that my senior year of high school and I told my guidance counselor that and she just laughed at me and said, you don't want to do that with your life. And I took it to heart. And now I want to tell her and say, hey, look at me. I've been accepted to school counseling programs and I'm going to do it. I don't know what school yet. I'm still kind of deciding with financial aid and whatnot. Um, but as of now, that's the goal. I want to get my master's in school counseling and be a guidance counselor in a middle school. That makes me so happy because, you know, I like to hoard when I see people I think would be good at counseling or social work. It's like, come here into my grasp. Um, whenever we talk about Lacey, I instantly get super anxious. Um, <laughs> So that's part of the reason why I went to City Year in the first place, to so avoid a big girl job, thinking about big girl things. Um, but my time is here where I have to make choices. Um, so I still want to be a school social worker, do something in the school. Um, I've been putting in applications. And I'm probably going to stay around here, um, hopefully at the middle school I'm at right now. Um, but that is my plan. Someone just needs to hire me now. So, yeah. Um, my Lacey plan, I'll be honest, a part of last year, um, I was a Lacey plan, uh, avoidance queen. Um, and that was definitely a factor in my decision to return. Um, but this year we actually have a Lacey plan. So feeling pretty good about that. Um, I am going to be moving at some point over the summer to Cleveland to be with my girlfriend. Um, so I'm looking for a job. Um, if anyone knows anyone in Cleveland, let me know. Micah has my contact info. Um, and yeah, I'm planning on working, um, I think, outside of the classroom, honestly, because I want to see if I miss it, which I think I will. I definitely will. Um, but after that, I'm looking into graduate programs to bite the bullet and get my teaching licensure. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, like, what age or definitely not. I, I will not be a high school math teacher. Yeah, I can say confidently, but um, still looking into content areas and whatnot. But I'm already, I don't know where it is, but I bought this um little party pig at the target dollar section the other night with abby for my future classroom um because i think it'd be so funny to like have to find the pig in miss b's classroom and it you go to target they probably have them <laughs> just this little party hat for whatever reason abby and i were dying laughing so i'm excited to be miss b and have my cute little classroom in the future i am very confident that you will all 
get hired and find jobs. Don't worry. Okay, so City Year is just like one of a plethora of years of service. I'm sure, that's a year of service that you can do in a AmeriCorps position. Why should someone sacrifice a year of their life to do a year of service? Oh, that's such a loaded question. Um, I think someone should do a year of service, whether it's with City or any other AmeriCorps program. Um, I think it's just a really good opportunity to give yourself space to kind of just pause and think about what you want to do in life. Um, I wish AmeriCorps and City came to my high school, or maybe they didn't. I just never saw them. Um because I think it's a really good place. Yeah. It's a good place for people to figure out what they want to do, but with city or specifically, um, if you're interested in education or if you're interested in anything, um, within the school system, it's a really good opportunity to see it. And I think you're a really good, like, I don't want to say like third party, but like, you're not, a staff member you're not a teacher you're just kind of there and I feel like you really get to see everything like you get to see things from a student's perspective you get to see things from a teacher's perspective and you really get to kind of just take it all in and really get like a good experience with that um and it's also just like a good thing to do like I grew up in the church where you had to do community service. Um, and I mean, it feels good. It feels good to give back and it feels good to really immerse yourself into a community, whether you're from that community or not, it's like the best way to really be involved and to kind of see things from a new perspective. Yeah, like a year of service, um you kind of prove to yourself that you can do hard things and you can try new things and still get through it. Um, like, like I said, I'm not really sure why I came to New Hampshire. I like it. I love it. Um, but it was like more of that push of, I wanted to try something different and through service, I had that built in network. So it was like scary to be away from family and do this but there's a community in these programs that I think really help you try out new things with that safety net under you. Um, and it allows you to like learn new things about yourself because you're really pushing those boundaries. Um, you learn things from the people you're with, like the kids, your teammates, your roommates um, that you probably wouldn't learn if you stayed in the same place. And it's only, it's only a year of service. And that sounds like a lot saying a year, but when you're in it, it goes by pretty fast. So you kind of step back at the bigger picture and you're like, wow, um, that was quick and it was fun. Like I said, I'm here again. So I would suggest doing it because you learn a lot about yourself and other people. Yeah, Abby, that's a good point that it's really not that long. And like the time is going to pass anyway. Um, and I would say one of my favorite things about um, this job, this activity is it's not boring. I am not chained to a desk analyzing 
financial data. I don't know, whatever. I'm not bored. I'm not bored. Um, and another thing, Micah, you made a joke earlier about being paid like lint out of our pockets or whatever, um, which fair enough facts. Um, but I will say that those Siegel awards for your student loans, like, I mean, hopefully they all kind of get canceled, but, um, we're walking away with like 12 grand towards our loans, which is not bad. Not bad. Um, I also, I found the party pig <laughs> had to show you guys. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely recommend AmeriCorps, um, if you're looking to do something different. Oh, and also my real genuine point is that um, my grandparents were thrilled <laughs> about this decision. Like, I don't know what it is, but they were like, oh, this is wonderful. So if you're tired of being asked, like, what are you gonna do with your life? Maybe look into AmeriCorps. A plus, good job, everyone. Okay, now we're gonna field some fan mail uh, AKA questions from city or alumni submitted by Miss B, AKA Kate B and Alana Corey, Kaylee Johnson. These are, these are on the lighter side, so don't feel the pressure. Kaylee Johnson, if you could serve at another city or site, which one would it be? Oh, that's so easy. I would serve in Washington, D.C., um, probably do a year of regular service in a school and then maybe try out their civic engagement site, which is more community based and not so much in a school. Cool. All right, Abby, this one. I don't know if it's really a question. It seems more like a statement, but how does it feel to be the MVP during your first year? I had to censor a word, but it wasn't a bad word. I was just, anyway. Um, I try not to think about it because it also causes me stress. Um, that, that, um, that speech I had to give was something else. And keeping it quiet. I don't think I did a good job of keeping it quiet. I was freaking out the whole time. Eleanor, you knew that I had it. But um, it's it's hard to live up to it because I feel like I'm not doing half the stuff I did last year, to be honest. Eleanor, close your mouth. I don't <laughs> get out of here. All right, Eleanor, how do you feel about moving to Ohio after completing this year of service? Um, I'm feeling pretty good about it right now. Um, I've been through Ohio approximately twice in my life. Um, exactly twice. Um, and it seems like a pretty nice place. I, If I had a recommendation for Ohio, it would be that there should be an efficient train system that connects Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati. Um, but I also think that there, sh- there used to be a train that connects Manchester to the beach. And I think we should bring that back. Um. Yeah, I considering that I live in Ohio, I would I would agree with that. We can throw Toledo in there because then it gives you like the the top left. And then but mm-hmm. anyway, that's the yeah, first time Pittsburgh. anyone ever has said not a joke about Ohio. Really good job. I'm really proud of you there. Thank you. Um, I also I really think we should add like a connection to Pittsburgh because it's a weirdly hard to get to city. And for what reason? 
bridges. That's the main reason. Okay, so now my last question will be giving you guys the floor. So it's not really a question. Again, I'm really guessing not a good interviewer. So now the floor is yours to say if there's something that you'd like to share with people listening, whether about your story, uh, about your experience, or just anything else that you'd like to share uh, in general. I feel like coming into my second year, um, it's, I don't want to say the most grown up I've ever been, but (laughs) that's like not the right word to use because I still struggle with taxes um, and my budget. It's fine. Um, So maybe grown up's like not the right word to use. I guess like, oh, there's the word. The most confident I've ever been has been this year. Um, I was so shy growing up. I struggled a lot with social anxiety in college. And now I feel like I could maybe take on whatever is thrown at me. And maybe that's because I've just learned not to care about what other people think and just to kind of go with it. But I noticed, um, So this is like super weird, but City Year does this training at the beginning of the year where you learn your leadership compass. And last year, my first year, I was a west, south, east, and then north. And really the most important stuff you need to know for this is a south was like you led with your emotions and you were like incredibly empathetic. And then a north was like, I don't want to say aggressive because like that's not really the right word and that sounds like so negative but like oh my god how would you describe a north boss girl action oriented love it to-do list what type a and like a lot of lists but i feel like that's more west oh well because i'm (laughs) early but anyways (laughs) But anyways, this year, as we're like retaking it, I noticed I was a West, North, South, East. And I was like, I remember like sitting with all the Norths and I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know if I belong here. Like, I am not a boss girl. I am not like all these things. And I just was kind of like sitting in this uncomfortable feeling But now I'm like, no, like I am this person, like I can do all these things. And like, it was just kind of nice because like, I never would have thought of myself as that. And I never would have thought of myself ever getting to that point. And I don't think I would have ever gotten to that point if it wasn't for city year. Miss J, I felt personally attacked about the North thing, but it's fine. Um, I think the only thing I would add is just like take a risk. I don't know, like risk taking my impulse control isn't great, but um, jumping in to something and just kind of going with it, um, I think is like how I've ended up here. And when I was younger too, I don't think I would have ever done that. Move away from my family and my friends and things like that, like start something new was scary. 
But I think honestly, just jumping in and taking it as it comes has been like a big life lesson that I think, especially in your 20s, it's like a perfect time to try this stuff because no one's really expecting anything from you. Um, You know, I don't know, like I was younger and thought I'd be married and like have like 10 kids by 22 and I'm like now 26 and vibing. So just take risks. I think that's the only thing I'd want to add. Yeah, I don't really, it's, I'm inventing unnecessary pressure. Like, what do I have to share? I don't know, Micah. Um, How am I to sum up who I am in a few sentences? That's a lot, but I think it's really, it's not that serious. And um, yeah, we are doing like important work and it's important stuff, but next year there's going to be a new core and we're not going to be a city here anymore and like the world keeps turning um and kind of i'll be honest at a certain point in the year many points in the year i thought there's no way i can do this i i'm not going to make it through the year and at some point i mentally gave myself permission to quit like if you need to you can go and that has made it a lot easier honestly where it's like okay like I'm choosing to be here it's okay it's not the end all be all of my career of my life I'm not like we can't control everything I can't control like the educational outcomes of my students and the other stuff that's going on in their life like they're going through so much that I find it really hard to conceptualize, like, especially with the trajectories of my life and like the privileges that I have had and like how it is truly a privilege to be able to serve and kind of like take such a risk. Um, So to kind of like take that pressure off of it um, and be there for my team and have fun with my students that's kind of what makes it all worth it for me at this point in my life Eleanor you did great thank you all so much for saying yes to my idea of whatever this is Um, but I really appreciate you guys sharing your story your experience and not only that but thank you for your service Thank you for who you are and just I know what it takes and what it looks like to pull yourself out of bed every day and get yourself to school. And But I'm sure what you guys do now is probably harder than what I had to do. So you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. And until next time.